0: Today on the Locked On Steelers podcast, we'll talk about the impact of Deontay Johnson being out and also are the Steelers misusing safety Minka Fitzpatrick with the way that he was lined up in the Niners game. We'll talk about that Pickett, whether he was concussed or not in the Niners game and some defensive line talk before they face the Browns. All here on a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter with Tony Serino. He's back. Let's get into it. You are locked on Steelers. Your daily
1: Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all your daily money through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 or more infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com as i said before we've got tony sereno back you know i love tony sereno one of the og hosts of the lockdown steelers podcast he brought me onto this show way back when Mm -hmm. he's
2: back to do some show and tony this is your quote-unquote retirement show I, I mean, technically speaking, Chris, I'm actually coming out of retirement today. Very controversial appearance <laughs> on Lockdown On by me because uh, I am technically – well, I do want to ask this of, of, of uh, the people in the comments today. Can you retire from a hobby? What is it called when you stop doing a hobby? Because I've called this a retirement, but I think it sounds stupid to me to say that you're retiring from something that is just a hobby. So let me know how I'm supposed to phrase this. But anyway, yes, I uh, I'm not a podcaster anymore. I've retired from that, but I retired – but I knew I knew this, Chris. Okay. I could not retire without appearing on Locked On Steelers one my final guy. time. So my guy. Let's do it. Let's talk about a big uh, well, uh, let's talk about the Steelers. Cause it was, <laughs> it was <laughs> you, you know, you just wish this show could be done under, under better circumstances, right? I mean, you know.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. But <sighs> let's 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 lead off this about Deontay Johnson. We knew Cam Hayward was out for eight weeks he's on injured he's going to be put on injured reserve soon um but Deontay Johnson now said to be out for a few weeks which to Mm. me tells me anywhere from two to three maybe two to four if you if if you stretch it he had a hamstring that we all saw um this I think has a big impact on what the Steelers want to do despite him not having a touchdown still since 2021 um he, uh he, he, you could see he was getting open a lot in that yeah. game Sunday. And if Kenny Pickett could have just played a normal game as, as a quarterback there, Deontay Johnson would have had a really big game. Cause he, he could not be covered by the Niners. Yeah.
2: Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing about, about Deontay. I know the fan base is, I don't know. Would you say the Steelers fan base is split on Deontay? I, I'd say so. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's a lot that's of people fair. who are just kind of tired of, of Deontay, obviously because of all of the, you know the running backwards stuff, the drops earlier in his career, yada yada. I mean, it's just it's one thing after another. Obviously, last year people bring up the no touchdown thing. Um, he should have scored a touchdown on Sunday, Chris. I mean, that play, uh, yeah, I mean, he, the play at the end of the first half, uh, that's a walk in if Kenny puts it walk in, in touchdown, place. yeah, yeah. Um, so no, this is a huge deal for the Steelers because you know, as, as much as as much as the, the fans will harp on the negative of Deontay, the positive here is like you said, this guy is. Always open, right? I mean, he's he's the 7-Eleven wide receiver for the Steelers. He, this dude is always open. He is the one of the best route runners in the National Football League, and he is a safety blanket for Kenny whenever he needs him. Now, you know, obviously this week it was tough for Kenny, which and we'll talk about that later in the show. But uh, the the concern here is going up against a Browns team that, as we saw this Sunday um, against the Cincinnati, that's going to be very very aggressive. You need a safety blanket, right? You need someone who you can trust. To be in their spot because Kenny's likely gonna have to get rid of the get, get the uh get the ball out of their hot. I think that would have been Deontay. The question is going to be now who's that going to be and who's you know who are you going like third and four? Who are you going to? Because I've seen a lot of people say, well, they're just gonna have to go to Pickens, you know, they're gonna need to feed the ball to Pickens, you know, 10, 15 times. I would love that, but we talked about it all off season, right? Chris, the guy has to be a more crisp, better route runner, and he's talked about expanding the route tree and all of that. Let's see it. <laughs> I mean, this is you know, you, you kind of throw him in the deep end a little bit, right? Like, let's see it right now, because that's, that's what they need George Pickens to be, a more reliable target, not just a 50-50 guy.
0: No, I agree. It, it is something that they need to happen there. Um, I, I think I think what might happen is Allen Robinson be that go-to guy on, thir- on third downs uh, yeah. in, in, in situations. But I also think Calvin Austin had a pretty decent day as far as getting open, uh, and I think that he's going to be a big factor here. But we'll see how that continues. The other topic I wanted to lead off today with is about Minka Fitzpatrick. Because he didn't have a really particular good game. The only time that he was really noticeable was when he missed a sack uh, on Brock Purdy. But when I looked back and I was seeing him line up all, all over the place, he lined up, in an, according to Pro Football Focus, he lined up six times by the D-line, 13 mm-hmm. times in the box, 13 times as a slot corner, eight times as an outside corner, and then 28 times as a free safety. Tony, I get that Minka Fitzpatrick is extremely talented, but is this a mistake to be taking him that much out of his free safety role, or is this something that can eventually work and just didn't because the Niners were a really good offense?
2: I mean, I think you, you know, Tomlin talks about this a lot about wanting position flexibility and what that does for you from a disguise perspective and all of that. And, and, you know, just kind of helping out, but boy, I mean, it certainly didn't help on Sunday, did it? I, you know, and maybe this was scheme specific to what, to what Shanahan was bringing to the table. And this is not something they're going to do every week, but, if this is going to be something the Steelers are going to do every week now, where they're going to be moving Minka around and, and not just using him as that, as you know what he is, which is the best middle safety, the best deep safety in, in the national football league. You know, I, it, it, this may end up being a misuse. Yeah. I mean, this may, we may go back to uh, a it's Fitzpatrick. Like he was in Miami who was kind of a disappointment, wasn't he? I mean, they used him a lot in the slot. They used him a lot. They moved him around a lot. And the thought was about Minka is like, boy, this guy is not really living up to the hype when the Steelers got him. They kind of put him as that that deep middle safety and kind of kept him there, and that's what made him the player he is today. They got Demonte when they got Demonte Casey and they and they they kind of used him to replace Edmonds. It didn't make sense to me that they probably wanted to move Minka around a little more, but like you said, I mean, he didn't he played less than fifty percent of the snaps at free yeah. safety. Yeah. That that is a big shift from where the Steelers have been in the past. So. You know, it's hard to say, like they're misusing him after one game, because you know, one game you don't want to draw big conclusions like that in a one-game sample size. But based on what we saw on Sunday, it, you know, we're not trending in the right direction. It's not arrow pointing up, as Mike Tomlin would say.
0: You know, I agree. It, it didn't work out. Now maybe there's something coming. I will say this too. I wonder how much of this gets impacted when Desmond King is activated because he was not active um, on the game day roster, uh, maybe because he was brought in midweek and needs to adjust to things and get get up to speed with there. I, I do wonder if that plays a big factor for the Steelers because if he's in the slot, and you know I, I think he's a starter-capable slot guy uh, yeah. more so than Shandon Sullivan or Elijah Riley right now. They're good depth pieces who can come in in pinches, but if he goes in there... Then maybe you're like, okay, well, slots covered. Then you can move him, and Desmond King can do a little bit outside. You don't want him living out there because uh, of his size. But then you can flip-flop him and Patrick Peterson a little bit more. Levi Wallace, you keep on the outside, or whenever you want to start playing Joey Porter Jr. more. Uh, but Minka if it's Patrick, then can kind of be in more traditional roles, keep him in the robber, keep him in the deep center fielding, free safety, yeah. or you still keep moving around. But I, I, I do wonder if the Steelers are not keeping it simple, stupid here, uh in, in in this situation.
2: Yeah, to be certain it's certainly something to keep an eye on as the season progresses, right? Was this a one game thing that they wanted to do because it's Shanahan's offense and there's something that Tomlin and, and uh and Terl Austin saw on tape that they felt like Minka could could cover up for them. Or is this you know is this something that they just want to do with Minka now and they feel like they have the personnel to cover, like you said, that the, the deep safety role or that or that robber role and they want Minka in a different spot. I would something something to watch going forward because um it didn't work this week. Does not to say it won't work forever, right? I mean, like, this is a new defense with a lot of new pieces on it. I think it's something that hasn't been talked about enough. It's like, very true. A, there is a lot of new p- moving parts here. So, you know, communication obviously, we, you know, we've talked, you and I have talked about comm- defensive communication a lot in our history. That, you know, communication takes time. You, yeah. I know they got a bunch of veterans on this defense and that, that should help things, but clearly, you know, this is, this is a, a work in progress defense. And I think their use of Minka Fitzpatrick seems to be a work in progress as well.
0: Absolutely. I want to talk about other things here. There's all, There's been the question, and I don't think it's a, an unreasonable question from the fans now that we've seen a replay, but from the first sack that Kenny Pickett took, he did bounce his head off of the turf and... It was There was a question. Could he have been concussed by that? Mike Tomlin actually addressed that during his Tuesday press conference. I was there for that. We'll play that clip and talk about more things here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Don't go anywhere. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Tony Serino back on the show. But first, before we do anything else, we want to remind you this show is also sponsored by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Football host Vinnie Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're preparing for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinnie has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the week. If you're looking for a sweet matchup to exploit for a big game at wide receiver in week two, turn to the Chargers' Mike Williams. Williams was quiet and banged up in the run heavy opener against Miami in week one, but he draws a beautiful spot against a Titans secondary, which struggled to handle any of the Saints receivers downfield, including Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed. Look for Justin Herbert to hit on at least one big scoring play to Williams, and that's something that you can take to the bank just like you could take to the bank when you get eBay's guaranteed fit and over a hundred you get over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly air filters brakes batteries taillights alternators shock struts you name it ebay motors has it and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because ebay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what parts you need for your vehicle the first time so go forth switch gears crank the ac and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now You know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay's Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back here on the Locked on Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Tony Sereno, back on the show, follow him at Steeler Country on Twitter. Um, Tony, let's get to this, I I wouldn't call it a conspiracy theory, but... A theory that has been proposed by fans and or and, and other people who just saw it and like whoa because you look back at Kenny Pickett when he took that first sack I think it was Drake Jackson yeah he he was swinging him to the ground and it was a perfectly legal sack it's what what you wanted he didn't put his weight on him but when he swung him to the ground Kenny Pickett's head just bounced off the field and he got up fine he looked okay and he played the full game and there weren't any questions about it but then it was it wasn't until that replay started going off across the Twitterverse and the internet that everyone was starting to say oh, wait a second, is he concussed again? Was that, yeah. maybe that's why he was playing so poorly. I, I don't think that was the case at all, but Mike Tomlin was asked about that. I want to give give a chance to for everyone to hear how Mike Tomlin addressed the question of that play and also talked about how Kenny Pickle handled everything.
1: Mike, was Pickett mm-hmm. banged up at all in that first sack and did he get evaluated for concussion? For concussion uh-huh. Level of banged up, I'm not certain of. Um, you know, there's so many protocols in place now. Um, independent uh, medical specialists and so forth, I would imagine the quarterback position has less of my eyes directly than it used to because of it. So I I didn't have direct eyes on what it is that you mentioned. Obviously, I saw it um, after, um, but there was no hesitancy from the independent medical experts and so forth. He didn't express um, any, you know, symptoms relative to to that play that you mentioned, so it was a, n- a non-discussion for us. Is there anything you put your finger on regarding his uh, relative inaccuracy to what we saw in August? We're, we're not looking for comfort or excuses. Um, the tape is who we are at this juncture, and so we're going to work to change the tape that we have control over. That tape's in the bin, uh, that's his, it's mine, it's ours. Um, Monday night is a little bit different, and that's why we're working.
0: Another thing that Mike Tomlin said—he when asked if you know whether he could expect about Mike about Kenny Pickett improving—he said, "quote unquote, his commitment is what makes him believe that." He said, "There's football justice, and when you work at it, good things come out of it. This is a guy who's fully committed. Largely, those guys, those type of guys, make their own fortune. There's reason to expect guys who work the way that he works to bounce back. But let's address this a few, a few different yeah. things that he said here, Tony. One." Yeah. You know, someone's going to say he's not paying attention to the quarterback. No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is there are independent medical officials that are not part of the Steelers, that are part of the NFL, who are their only job is to watch and and see if there are concussion issues. They did not have an issue with Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickett did not report any issues. So according to the Steelers and the NFL, because they are they are a factor in in this, there was nothing to be concerned with. Now. My guess, at uh, what the Steelers probably won't, won't say or reveal, is they might have, once they'd seen that, because Mike Thomas did acknowledge, hey, saw that afterwards, they probably did say, like, okay, let's do a test here. Kenny Pickett passed the test, and voila, he, he, he was fine. Yeah. I don't think this was a case of the Steelers hiding anything or anything being missed, and I don't think this was a case of Kenny Pickett playing poorly because of that play, uh, because, in fact, it was poor play in that play that got him sacked when he had two <laughs> wide open wide receivers at different parts right. of the field. But Tony, what was your reaction just seeing that and then hearing Mike Tomlin?
2: Well, I think, I think, look, it's plausible to look at the play, right? I mean, he's, he, his his head clearly hits the ground in a violent way. I mean, it's like a whiplash effect, right? When he, when he goes down. So I don't think it's, it's certainly not wrong of, of people to wonder like, Hey, you know, did he get his bell wrong on this play type of thing? Right. And then did that lead to a concussion? Uh, I don't, you know, certainly it lo- if you look back at like the concussion he took against uh, the, the Ravens last year, it was a similar looking play. So I get that aspect of it. Now to say that the Steelers were like hiding it or anything like that, you know, t- to your point, you can't hide concussions, you know, at, and people will go back to the Dolphins thing last year with Tua. There are independent neurologists on the sideline that are supposed to, like their job is to diagnose these things as they happen to see a hit, to start to, test, to, start to, to run the test if they... And if if there's any symptoms whatsoever, they get held out of the game, right? So that's what I think. That's what Tomlin was saying. There is like, look, I don't have any control over this stuff, right? It's all up to the doctors. Uh, now, to to address Kenny Pickett's play, and I mean, you know, the, the idea that this is like this is a well, he had to play this bad because the concussion. I mean, this is you know, to use a a, a modern term, copium on the on the <laughs> on the yeah. part of uh, on the part of Steeler fans because look, I think there was a ton of excitement going into this game. You know, there, and there was an expectation specifically of Kenny Pickett going into this game. When you looked at the preseason he had and you, and you heard what Kenny talked about, what all his teammates talked about, what all his coaches talked about, it seemed like Kenny Pickett had taken a step as far as being more of a leader, being more poised, being more calm, cool, collected type of quarterback. Right. And that he's going to have more control over this offense now. And you wanted to see that from Kenny on Sunday, specifically given the preseason that he had and how calm, cool, collected he looked in those games, how accurate he looked in those football games. Um, and everything we'd heard coming out of training camp and, and on everything the, 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 the teammates and coaches were saying, none of that played out. Right? I mean, none of that played out on Sunday. Right. And I think that's where fans are trying to grasp to like, wait, what happened here? How did Kenny go from everything we saw in preseason to this play? The the, the difference though, Chris, I think is like, this is not play we've never, This is it's not like we've never seen Kenny play like this. Right. The disappointing part is that, Kenny Pickett reverted back to the worst of Kenny Pickett we've ever seen, which I would argue yeah. is that Philly game. That's who Kenny was again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a huge disappointment. But I don't think we're going to blame. I don't think you can just say, "Well, it's the concussion that did it to him," or it's this hit that did it to him. I mean, Kenny Pickett is fully capable of not playing well. We've seen this in the past. He did it on Sunday. The question now, like Tomlin said, there is, and I love by the way he used like the the British phrase. I wonder if he was doing it like in a British way when he said that tapes in the bin, um, you know, like like. Yeah. Garbage yeah <laughs> but anyway I mean, that that tape yes well that yeah, where well, that tape should go in the bit yes um but no I mean the the, the thing now is how does Kenny bounce back from this you know that it was so unlike Kenny what we saw in this game because remember when we left off a year ago when, when we left off Kenny pickett mm-hmm. he was he was poised in big moments of the game now he you know he kind of escaped the pocket too often he had a lot of problems in structure but still he was able to make big plays in big moments that's the opposite of the Kenny pickett we saw on Sunday he yeah. can bounce back. We've seen him play better than this. It's a question of it's it's a question of if at this point. Can can Kenny Pickett bounce back from what was, you know, probably the worst game he's played as a pro considering where he is.
0: I I I, I agree with, with, with that assessment. I mean, one thing I saw, some people were like, maybe he just can't handle the big stage. And I'm like, buddy, he had four Game-winning drives last year right. in his rookie season—that's impressive. He can handle the big stage. I think. I don't think that's it. I think that what probably would have happened, and something that I, you know, since watching the All 22 a lot more, I, I think the Niners did a lot of really smart things as far as disguising their coverages, mm-hmm. lining up with two high, switching the one, lining up with one, switching the two, and then and, and when they did it, because they were they, they weren't doing it right away. Sometimes they were delaying when the switch would happen, and I think that threw off what keys. Kenny Pickett was focusing on this happens. It happened to Brady. It happened to Aaron, it happens to Aaron Rodgers, Who's now. That's, but I mean, that wasn't why he got got hurt, but it happens to the greatest of great quarterbacks and even especially good, mediocre and bad quarterbacks. I, you know, and I said this on the Twitter thread where I broke down like five different plays where I thought Kenny Pickett just left somebody wide open and didn't, and didn't convert on third. Yeah. But What will determine how great of a quarterback he is, how good of a quarterback he is, or how bad of a quarterback he is, is how he responds to this game moving forward, not just this Browns game, but 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 all throughout the rest of this season and and, and keeping it forward. I I think Mike Tomlin, when we're talking about the uh the you know the quote that I, I mentioned earlier, where he said he he buys in on Kenny Pickett because of his commitment, and that's a that's one of the reasons that you know his teammates voted him to be, to be captain. Uh, is when you look at at, at the way that he prepares. Good things happen for those guys who prepare that way. It's not mm-hmm. like just 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 grinding away for nothing. He is applying things. He is getting there, and the Steelers are confident that he's going to be able to do that. And again, we've seen him make these types of plays in live NFL action against first defenses. So yeah,
2: no, I mean this guy. Look, the the idea that Kenny Pickett, you know, is like the moments too big for him, or like he can't be, he can't play well in big moments. This guy went into Baltimore in prime time playoffs on the line and won the football game on a game-winning drive, right? I mean, like, we've seen him play his best. And by the way, you know, that was a drive, by the way, that he completed some really nice stuff in structure. Out of structure too, of course, but like that throw to Steven Sims down the middle of the field might be the best throw he's ever had in his entire career, right? It happened in Baltimore in a huge moment. So like, yeah, he can make big throws in big moments. He didn't in this game. The other thing, as long as we're addressing like weird things that get said, I really do not like, I don't know if you've heard this Chris, like okay. the idea that like oh th- this is a this is this is good for the Steelers because it's a wake-up call. you know and they needed a wake-up call because they were buying into their own press. what what? No what? They didn't no. accomplish it. This team bought into their own press because what they were undefeated in preseason. They, they
0: they were they were beating us to the punch as media whenever we tried to like so like you guys are really confident like we this didn't count like <laughs> yeah. we, we may have been saying it but in that locker room whenever we brought that up they would not be like you know yeah we're gonna. Run everything. We're gonna be amazing. There was none of that, and I think that they've they've gone overboard. I think if anything, fan, and I think that this is something that happens a lot with these type of conversations. Fans, they themselves feel like in their head, like oh, they're they're they're, they're confident right now, and then they're like, oh, see, they were they were too confident. No, they were focused just like they've always been. They just had a bad day, just like the average person has bad days at work. They have bad they have bad performances. Uh, when you're and it's just that your their performance gets puts on gets put on national television in a stage in front of millions of people for everyone to evaluate and break down the, the way we are. Um, so I, I think that's what why I also I gotta say this, Tony, because this is also yeah. something funny that happens every time the Steelers lose. And Mike Tomlin says the things that need to be said, like he came yeah. out and he said, you know, we got our butts kicked, we need to yeah. do this, we need to do that. I need to do this, I'm this is on me as well.' Yeah. And you get the people that say. Oh, this is just the same old Tomlin stuff. Yeah. What do you want people to say in right. those instances? You want them to just say, "You know what?" I, I what some people want to say is, "I quit and I, I leave because yeah, I yeah. suck at my job," and then that, that's what people want, want them to say. But I just I look at that, and I'm like, man, like I get that you're mad because your favorite team lost in, in a game that you thought they'd win, and you're disappointed at everything. Yeah. But guy, I, I gotta get real with how people
2: approach these situations. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, like you know, th- this is this is a it's a bad loss to the Niners. Right? I mean, like no, no one's gonna argue like, well, it's a good loss. You know, they were it was close. No, it was not close. This is a bad loss. But like you know, it's one game. If they if they like if they let's say they go out and they and they beat the Browns on Monday night, you know, the all is gonna be forgiven for what happened in this football game, right? And we'll and of course fans will do the whole copium thing of like, well, it was just the Niners, so no big deal. Right, because they whatever it was, a, it was a non-division game, they lost it and then they beat the Browns. So it's fine. Um, no, I, I I agree with you. I think all the things that are being said, right? I mean, to go back to the whole like, you know, they bought into their own hype thing. I mean, if this team by the for all for all those fans who are saying that they bought into their own hype or well, you know, they need a wake-up call. This team needed a wake-up call because if they were undefeated in preseason, I mean they got bigger problems. They got way bigger problems than than what happened. So uh no, I'm with you. Look, this is a like we 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 live, it's it's a we have this media cycle now where it's like you know, podcasts every day. These guys do these podcasts every single day. Chris, can you believe this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> who does such a thing? yeah? I mean, who would do? Honestly, who would do that? Uh, but no, I mean, like, but it's like we. So every game gets amplified so much, where like every game is like life or death. You know, he was lost a football game. Now it was a bad loss, but there's 16 more of these things coming. Right? Yeah. We will like the broad stroke stuff about this football team. You cannot you cannot say anything broad strokes about this team after one game. It was a bad performance, but this game's like what what the the story of this team season is way out in front of us. It's just getting started.
0: Absolutely, I want to talk about the defensive line and what they need to do to prepare for this Browns game, especially with the injury to injury to Cam Hayward. We'll do that in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Tony Sereno. But first, I want to remind you this got this show is also sponsored by Jace Medical. The Jace case is a is a product they offer and it provides five five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use all it takes to get a jace case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board certified physicians get on you can get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment related questions doctor created dr doctor recommended. Don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, fill out a form, and they get you a prescription. Life-saving medications right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure You have the medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N LOCKEDON at checkout when you go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun that you can have, winning up to twenty-five times your money on f- during football season. Just pick two or more players and pick more or less than their projected stats, and you can win money on any entry. Prize Picks is the new fun daily fantasy game where all you do is pick two to six players, and when you pick those two to six players, you just see do you have a beat on their day in fantasy? You're gonna get more yards, less touchdowns. However, you want to pick it, you you do that with two to six players, and you can win up to twenty-five times your money. This week, look at Justin, Je- Justin Jefferson. Will he get more or less than hundred yards? Will Lamar Jackson? throw more than one or one, one passing touchdowns, you put those two together and you have a, a, a prize picks chance to win. Big money. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday each Tuesday. Prize Picks selects, uh, six, selects select players' projections with uh, that give you up to 25% off to provide even more value. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. prizepix.com slash locked on NFL and remember to use the promo code locked on NFL, all capital letters, all one word and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Tony Serrino back on the show. Tony, the Steelers defensive line did not play well against the Niners. If they do not at least improve Mm -hmm. against the Browns, it could get ugly because that is what the Browns do very well. Yeah. Now the dif- the difference I'll say this is, I think the Steelers have a little bit more preparation for what the Browns try to do on offense than they do for a Kyle Shanahan offense, which obviously is one of the best systems in the NFL. Do you have confidence that this defensive line can turn things around and find answers even Ooh. without Cam Hayward, who will now? be missing up to eight weeks. We don't know officially what they're doing with his spot on the roster. You assume he's going to go on injured reserve. Uh you, you, Braden Fajoko is a guy. I still think they need to be moving up to nose tackle along with promoting Keanu Benton to get more time over Montrevious Adams. But do you, th- do you have any confidence that something does get figured out this week to m- maybe not dominate, but at least mitigate the weaknesses that were up front from this last game?
2: Do I have confidence? Interesting. Uh, I have hope I have, I have hope. Uh, no, I don't have confidence. I don't, uh, <laughs> I, don't have because, hope. Yeah, I have hope, but I don't have confidence. I mean, Cam Hayward's such a good player, you know, and, he, and he's been so important to this matchup. If you go back to the games in which the team has really shut down Nick Chubb, it's some of Cam Hayward's best tape that he puts out there. I and mean, that long arm that he has to just, you know, to keep the guard off of him and, and make a play on the ball. It's, it, you know, it's just, it, it's what Cam did so well. And it's, it's what they've been kind of searching for, you know, in their, you know, in this kind of next generation of, of defensive linemen Um, you know this team has some high draft picks right I mean ready to go Uh, I believe what Loudermilk was a fifth round pick but they technically it was technically a fourth because they traded a fourth round pick to get him Um Leall is a third round pick Benton's a second round pick I mean that's, they've got some youth they've got some players in there that I like and there's some youth there this is but this then I mean, this has to be a grow up moment right I mean you, you remember when Tomlin said last year about the offense like it's time to grow up you know, and that was the, he said that I believe in the Raiders game because uh, it was a big time moment late in the game. In the offense needed to grow up. I mean, this is a this this is a grow up moment for this young defensive line. Without obviously without Cam Hayward, um, you know these these young kids have to grow up and and hold their own against a a, a Cleveland team that you know they have a ton of, they've had a ton of success against this team. I, I'm looking at the numbers from last year uh in this fir- in this first matchup. It was five yards to carry again for Nick Chubb, um, so. You know, they, they've had some success in this matchup. It's, it's going to be, be grow-up time if this, if, if this defense, and specifically this defensive line, is going to have a, a day shutting down or even slowing down, Nick Chubb.
0: I asked Mike Tomlin what the defensive line has to do better as far as communicating to make sure they're in the right spots against the Browns. Here was his, here, here was his response to that question. Your defensive front communicating faster and, and establishing the control of line of scrimmage against a team like the Browns that loves to run the ball.
1: You know, um, ball is ready, so are we. We live by that mantra. Um, the offense dictates the pace of play. They do, they have the football. And so, um, our general mentality is we are always communicating as quickly as we can and readying ourselves for action with that understanding. So, one of knocks last year was- you-
0: so I think one thing here about Mike Tomlin, they're going to expect these guys to step up. You know, next man up mentality mm-hmm. and all that. But I did feel that of the defensive linemen, and we talked about this in our in our Tuesday show with Alan Saunders from Steelers. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when we went over my grades, I felt like Keanu Benton was maybe the best defensive lineman the Steelers had, and maybe him getting some more action in this game will be a good thing. Now, he's gonna, you know, he's not gonna dominate. He's gonna win, lose. He's gonna learn here. But if his physicality, which is his biggest thing, can come into play, and they give Braden Fahoko a shot here, on top of that. I think it puts the Steelers in a really good chance to at least have a better better fight up front against the Browns than the Niners, who I think part of what you'll see what 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 is going to happen here is if you win a little bit more. I think Deshaun Watson is prone to making more mistakes than Brock Purdy because he's given a liberty to mm-hmm. kind of be you know take bigger swings. Brock Purdy is very much I stick to Kyle Shanahan Sha- Kyle Shanahan's system and that's that. But we saw. Deshaun Watson last year when they played him and week 1 against the Bengals, they may have won that game comfortably, but he did not look comfortable at any point in
2: time. Yeah, no, I mean, it is isn't it crazy like thinking about, you know, if you would have told uh, yourself 4 years ago like the key to beating a team led by Deshaun Watson <laughs> is to get the ball in his hands. Like how crazy would that have been? That would have been crazy. Uh, yeah, but that but that's where we are now, right? I mean, like, you know, I, anyone who watched that Bengals Browns game saw that like Deshaun Watson is still a liability right now. He is not this is not the Deshaun Watson of four years ago. And so, yeah, the key in this game is going to be slow down Nick Chubb. You don't even need to stop him, right? You need to slow him down, get that team into third and eight, third and nine, third and ten situations, get the ball in Deshaun Watson's hands. It is the game plan which won them the game in week, what was it, week 18 last year. You know, Kenny didn't have a great start to that game. If I remember that game correctly, that was like not a great offensive game on either side of the ball. It wasn't to start. Um, but Watson made big mistake after big mistake, big sacks in that game. I think he got sacked like eight, nine times in that game. Yeah. Um, that's the key, right? If you can, if this defense can grow up a little bit and it's, and by the way, you talk about the defensive line. I think the defensive line is a huge key in this game, but you go back to I my mean, if, if they're going to run a bunch of outside zone again, um, you know, it's going to be, it's not just on the defensive line, right? I mean, you know, you need the linebackers to fill, you need the corners to step up and run defense as well. You know, Levi Wallace had that big miss on the Christian McCaffrey, I mean, not to put the entire, not to put that entire play on Levi Wallace, the, the long one, the 60 yarder, but yep. like, I mean, Levi, has- he, he missed in the hole <laughs> you know, I mean, in a critical yeah, I mean, way. I mean, it,
0: I mean, there's no other way to put, put yeah, I mean, you, don't,
2: you don't want to put it on one guy, but damn Levi. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be all 11. You know I mean? Th- this team it's it, you got, you've, they've got to get, they've got to get the Browns into those big money downs and you've got to keep them behind the chains. If this, if the Browns are living in third and three, third and two, third and one all day, it's going to be a long day for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But if they can get, I mean, again, and so we're not talking about keeping Nick Chubb to like one yard per carry, right? But like, if, if this thing is closer to three or maybe even like four, right, three point nine or something, that's where they want to live. If it's five yards a carry, the Steelers are donezo. They're
0: they're in a lot of trouble if, yeah. if it's if it's if it's five yards a carry. Um, I go back to last season when they when they played him. I think he had what seventy-seven carries or seventy-seven yards on twelve carries. That was kind of ridiculous, but it was the sacks that kind of saved them in 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 that game. Uh yeah. when you go back to it. So I mean, he did average more than five yards a carry last year, but they did it was I think there were other circumstances that, that played into that. Um as far as the second matchup? That was that that was the second matchup. Oh, actually, really?
2: Interesting. Right.
0: Yeah, as a total, the Browns rushed for 134 yards on 22 carries. Uh, but both, but uh, Boza Chub uh, had 77 yards on on 12, which I know I know it's over five. I um, because uh, five times 12 is 60, and actually that's 6.4 yards per carry there. So I mean they found a way to mitigate it. But again, that I think that was based off of one. The Steelers, you know, the, the whatever the whatever the Browns went to pass, they weren't in a they weren't, you know, smooth in their system the way the Niners were. And, you know, the Deshaun Watson missed on opportunities. He got sacked. He threw two interceptions in that game. And then by the, the end of the third quarter, the Steelers were up. uh, were up. What was it? Twenty to seven. So then. Nick Chubb was out of the gate was, you know, that running the ball is not a factor at that point. Because right. You're, you're, you're trying to do this. So part of this might also be not just the defensive line, but Kenny Pickett and the offense doing their job and actually putting some points up on the board to give the, the defense some ground to actually defend because they never had any, um, you know, against the Niners. You're a little muted. Oh,
2: and
0: there, I'm back. You're back. You're back.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, you're right. Play the field position game. It was weird to see Tomlin call the punter. By the way, that was a weird thing in the press conference. Oh,
0: he, he made that's another thing. He made no. He did not pull any punches about Presley Harvin. He was like, "That cost us in a in a lot of ways." Yeah. I, I think the Steelers have been have given every grace to Presley Harvin that you can give. We understand you understand what happened in his rookie season, mm-hmm. but that dude needs to either punt the ball or find a new job.
2: Yeah, that was tough. It was a tough looking the press conference. Yeah, you, you know you you're absolutely right about this whole like you know you may not need to only you know you may not need to shut down Nick Chubb at all because I'm looking at. I'm looking at the box score of this Sunday's game, right? I mean, the Browns put up 24 points, but, you know, some of that was late in the game. I mean, if, if, for people who watch the game, they, the Bengals went for it on fourth down late in the game in their own territory. They got sacked and then the Browns scored an immediate touchdown after that. So like there's seven of those points are kind of old by the way points. They really scored like 17 points in this game. And that's a game where the, the, the Bengals like did not get first downs at all. They didn't keep the ball. Chubb ran for six yards per carry in this game. And yet they only threw really put up you know, 17 quote-unquote legitimate points. I, I, So, yeah, I mean, if you could just, again, and in, in I think the key here is to just get Watson in those spots where you want him to throw the ball and, and make good things happen. Uh, Because it is kind of crazy, though. Like, this, this is a team that, like you said, in that Week 18 game, Chubb ran the ball pretty well, but Watson put them in bad spots. Same thing this week, right? Chubb ran the ball pretty well, but, you know, Watson put them in some bad spots. So I think this, you know, I don't know, weirdly, Chris, May just this this game may just be more me be less about like you really got to shut down Nick Chubb and more just like you got to do enough to get Watson in some bad spots.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Uh, another look at that uh, uh, to, at your point here, the Browns were four of fourteen on third downs. Yeah, you know, you lose often with four of fourteen. It's just that the Bengals were worse because they were two of fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but as a comparison. The Steelers were five of 15 against the Niners. The Niners were six of 13 and not the six of 13 is elite, but it was enough to get the Niners what they wanted. And I think if you keep them at that pace, you win on the money downs, which is something that also that Mike Tomlin harped on. I think you put yourself in a much better position to win. But again, comes down to a lot of different things. bottom line is don't let Nick Chubb be the guy who beats you. Force it to be Deshaun Watson and let and and let TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, and that secondary be the players who try to make the plays to change this game
2: over. Indeed. No and and no huge plays from Chubb, right? No 40, 50, 60 yard stuff. If
0: he gets four or five, you know, you got to live with that because he's one of the best running backs in football. But do not let him get the the 60 yarder that McCaffrey got for the touchdown.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Keep him, you know, that five yards of carry needs to be a true five yard, like five yards of carry, not. You know, he he broke off a, a long one uh with to boost his average because that'll that'll kill the Steelers if they if they are giving up big plays and giving the the Browns easy scoring positions on one play.
0: Absolutely. Tomorrow we've got crossover Thursday, which means we've got Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns. He'll be joining me on the Locked On Steelers podcast as we as we do that our, our crossover episode. But I, I gotta give my man Tony some space because You asked. You said. You told us that you're retiring from podcasting, (laughs) and now I feel like there's so much weight into this. We've we've had so many great moments on (laughs) this show. That's right. Where you know Mike Tomlin appeared one time and talked about painting barns all sorts of colors. Mm. Uh, We've had. You know, times where we were where I surprised you with Black Panther music because I was oh. you know because of Chadwick Boseman <laughs> Bozeman show, showing up to uh, Steelers right. training camp. Times where we were recording in your car. Talking That's right, about Devlin Hodges and how he was going to lead the Steelers to victory, and then he oh, did that year. God. Like, oh my god, you have had yeah. so many great moments on the show. I want to give the floor to you to just say. What, what, oh. what, you know, what's going on, what, where people can still find you and
2: just where where yeah. you're at, man. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, people who don't follow me, you know, maybe not may, not, may not know this. I, yeah, uh, I, I announced like, a, I don't know, a month ago on, on AFC North talk that I am like retiring from podcasting. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to try, I'm basically, I'm just going to take the year off. I, I have this perception of myself that I enjoy football less as an analyst than I would as like an actual fan. So I'm going to take the year off and, and try to enjoy it. But, um, you know, like I said at the, at the start here, Chris, I couldn't. I couldn't retire without doing one more locked on Steelers. And so even when I retired on A, even when I said like on Ace North, I like, bye everybody. This is the last time you're going to see me. I kind of knew in the back of my mind, like, well, you'll see me one more time. Cause I gotta go on my dog, Chris Carter. Listen, Chris and I have had, I mean, again, the most fun, don't tell the AFC yes. guys this, but like the most <laughs> fun I ever had podcasting was here. I mean, this was like that season where we were oh, like, just, gosh. I mean, it was a full season of duck Hodges and like the, The roller coaster ride that that season was of going through, like uh, it being a joke. It was a hot take joke on the first day of training camp, where we're like, you know, who's? I said Duck Hodges is going to make the roster, and you looked at me. You looked at me like, you know, Chris was like, you're Tony, you're kind of an idiot, but I've never had that respect (laughs) for you. You know, I mean, that was the look that Chris gave me, like, like, dude, like you can't actually be this stupid. Uh, And then. (laughs) The roller coaster. I mean, the fact that that season just went on and, and, on then, and, on it on. Happened, and then it happened. it like he beat the. And then like he beat the Bengals and Browns in, like back to back weeks. I mean, like the, just so much fun. Uh, so yeah. I mean, look. You know, I am certainly sad to to not be doing this anymore. Certainly, be sad to not not be on here, Chris. Um, you obviously do a great show, and and you've done wonders with this show. Uh, nice. so uh, you know, congratulations to all the success that you've had. Um, I'm gonna miss this. Again, I'm I'm gonna take a year off. We're obviously Chris and I will still talk privately. You just guys. The problem is Chris and I will probably have conversations like this. You just won't hear them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, no, I've, I, I've really enjoyed this, but I, again, for, for me, like I want to see what it feels like to watch football as a fan again and not an analyst. So I'm going to give that, that to myself. Um, so thank you to everyone who's followed, uh, who followed me over the years and you can still follow me on Twitter. I'll still be telling jokes on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Thank you. Thanks to everybody. Thank you, Chris. Um I just want, I, 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 I
0: Tony. I just want to say you are loved. You are appreciated here, uh, by by a lot of our guests. A lot of people have been asking me, "Where's Tony Serino getting back?" Y'all know now. Y'all know why we we you know he's he's been busy.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but uh, Tony, I just gotta say, I'm blessed to have met you. Uh, we you know back when I think it was the 2018 training camp on the Friday yes. Night Lights practice I was yeah. walking around and I was like who's this guy he looks lost I want to talk to him yeah. and see who he is and then you brought me on your podcast as a guest for like once a month yeah. and eventually you brought me on here and this was such a great opportunity that's done so much for me in my professional career I cannot thank you enough for the doors that you opened for me and bringing me on here as your partner and then yeah. giving me the show uh, as as you went off and did your other professional career yeah um it's just a, it's a blessing and an honor to to, to have worked with you. And I, I do hope that your sabbatical from podcasting is not that long, <laughs> sir, because you are an entertaining dude, and I, I, a lot of people will miss hearing your voices on the airwaves.
2: I, I appreciate that, uh, but no, I mean, I think you know, I, I couldn't have think, I couldn't have thought of anyone better to to you know to have as a co-host and to continue doing the show. As I've told you many times privately, and I'll say it here on the show. When I first met Chris, and and mm-hmm. you know the the kind of rapport that he and I instantly had, I told him, or I told you early on, Chris, I said, you know, it's not a matter of if. You're going to be successful in this thing it is it's just a matter of you, when you did right um you oh, know because man. this you know the the drive the knowledge that you have and and um you know the the, the passion that you have for this it, it comes through every day on this show and so all the success you've had not on this show but not you know you're with the post gazette now I and mean, you got you got the big time gig uh um, <laughs> you know it is it's so it is so well deserved from for for you and and everything that you put into this so uh congratulations to you and congratulations to all the success you've had and i again like i said i'm gonna miss doing this but you know, you're, we're just gonna have these conversations over text message and phone we calls now, are. And, and not and not podcast. So.
0: We got, we got to stop doing this before I start crying. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning into the locked on Steelers podcast. Hope that you enjoyed this little diatribe between us uh, at the end of the show here. You can find, uh, you can find Tony at Steeler country on Twitter, where he'll still be giving his funny takes during the games and, and and around. You can find me, Chris Carter on Twitter and Instagram at Carter critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh post-gazette post-gazette.com for all my coverage there. You can also check me out here in the locked on Steelers podcast Monday through Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube like this video. If you enjoy it, subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episode. Thanks again, everybody. Crossover Thursdays tomorrow. Come back and check us out then as we break down Steelers versus Browns.